Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're glad to be with you this morning on this well, it's a Wednesday morning. We don't normally host on a Wednesday. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, joined by... Good morning, Brandon. John Clark here. It's good to be here. Yeah. Good that we're all here and safe and warm. Yeah. Uh, in Minnesota, at least the, the western side of Minnesota, and I think much of North Dakota, there was quite the the wind event yesterday with, uh, with winds blowing 25, 35 miles an hour. I think they were like gusting up to 55, 50. Mm-hmm. 50. Yep. So... Um, I made it in. I live in the country, and uh, let's just say it was a little dicey, but uh, I'm excited to be here this morning and talk about so many things. You know, we're, we're talking about the virtues. We're going to talk about new programs coming up for kids in the Diocese of Fargo. We're going to talk about helping mothers uh, with... with uh, with having a place to stay if they've had an unexpected pregnancy. Yeah, just you know, you're helping them um, sustain their life uh, without poverty or you know, with the yeah. some, some assistance. It's a really good program. Yeah, and and we're also going to be talking about some missionary work and uh, missionary work for uh, with with uh, young people who travel around the country and and share their faith and, and the gospel message. So we're very excited to be with you here this morning. And uh, before we go any further, let's just begin in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I praise and thank you for all you have given me. Please cover me with the protective precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and increase your Holy Spirit in me with his gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, hunger for prayer, and discernment to help me know your will and surrender to it more completely. Father, Please heal my negative emotions and any wounds in my heart and spirit. Send the sword of your Holy Spirit to sever and break all spells, curses, hexes, voodoo, and all negative genetic, intergenerational, and addictive material, past, present, or to come, known or unknown, against me, my relationships, and family, finances, possessions, and ministry. Father, I forgive and ask forgiveness for my sins and failings and ask that my whole person, body and mind, heart and will, soul and spirit, memory and emotions, attitudes and values be cleansed, renewed and protected by the most precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Through the name, power, blood and authority of Jesus Christ, I bind and break the power and effect in and around me of any and all evil spirits who are trying to harm me in any way. I command these spirits and their companion spirits in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to leave me peacefully and quietly. Jesus, I thank you for healing the effects of these spirits in and around me. Dear Holy Spirit, please fill any void in me with your overflowing great love. All this, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, by the guidance of your Holy Spirit, Immaculate Heart of Mary, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, please pray for me and with me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, John. 
Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, this is Real Presence Live, and we are excited to be with you wherever you're joining us from. Maybe it's throughout one of the 10 dioceses that Real Presence Radio serves in five different states. Maybe you're listening to the app down in Florida because you're smart and you're not in the cold weather that we're experiencing. Wherever you're at, we're very excited to be with you. Before we get into our first guest, John, how are things going since the last time we hosted? I think we're going really, really well. In fact, we just got back from Florida. So we have a few days down in the sunshine. Oh, boy, I tell you. And, and actually, one day it was like 60 degrees or 70 degrees and it was rainy. It was wonderful. Wow. <laughs> it was wonderful. That's great. What were you doing in Florida? This is actually a cool story. Uh, well, we went down actually for the Good News Cruise, and um, we were deemed ineligible, if you know what that means. So we had our, our flight planned, and we went with another couple. And uh, so we went down there, and they had a pre cruise um dinner so we went to that and then we just spent some time playing cards and enjoying the sun and and um you know it, it was it would have been the message uh of the good news cruise powerful i i i don't regret not going but uh we are going to go in the future and we've been able to to get the credit moved to that so that's excellent yeah and, and you yeah. were rubbing shoulders with uh you know father mike schmitz oh, yeah. scott hahn tracy tamio tracy tamio yep, yep ah that's a lot of fun so, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's great to hear. All right. Well, we are going to head to our first guest. And, you know, I'm really excited about Dr. Michael Foley because just this uh, Christmas, I received his book from a, as a secret Santa gift, Drinking with the Saints, The Sinner's Guide to a Holy Happy Hour. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if that's a, a good thing or not. When I wrote down, I like trying different types of beer and drinks on my Secret Santa list, uh, that I ended up with this. Uh, I don't know if uh, my Secret Santa was trying to send me a message or, or whatnot, but I'm really excited about this book because uh, it's got the, the saints of the day. It's got different uh, drink recipes to uh, be able to celebrate the saint of the day. And so I'm excited to visit with Dr. Michael Foley. He also is the author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to Christianity, and he has been teaching in in the Great Texts program at Baylor University since 2004. And this morning we're going to talk to him about cultivating the virtues and good habits. And I also, you know, since he wrote the book, Drinking with the Saints, I want to talk about what that looks like when it comes to drinking as a state and, and how we can be virtuous in our drinks. So, Dr. Michael Foley, good morning. Thanks for being on with us. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be on. Yeah, we're excited to have you. You know, uh, I, I mentioned that you're the author of a couple books that you teach at Baylor University. Are, are we missing anything? Uh, that's right. I teach at Baylor University. Um, I've written, actually, uh, three books on uh, drinking with the saints. But uh, despite the, those titles, I actually am committed to virtue, and my uh, my background is theology. I have my PhD in Catholic theology. Ah, uh, wonderful! So, you know, before we get into our, our larger conversation about virtues, I'm just curious: how did this idea of drinking with the saints come about? Well, it was sort of two different things. Um, my wife and I have six kids. Um, and we enjoy observing the customs of the liturgical year with them. Mm. You know, like, uh, and there are all kinds of wonderful food recipes for various feast days and that sort of thing. But we also enjoy an evening cocktail together. So it was only a matter of time before we brought those two things together. 
and started to ask, well, how can we drink liturgically? How can we drink according to the, the feast days of the year? And those other customs are still very important, but i got to be honest with you, it's a lot easier to make a cocktail for a saint than it is to bake a cake for a saint. <laughs> are you speaking from experience? <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so so your next book isn't going to be Baking with the Saints. <laughs> well, actually, funny thing, I, I, I am working on a book called Dining with the Saints. Oh. I'm eventually moving to food because you shouldn't drink on an empty stomach anyway. Good point. Right, yes, that is a wise wisdom from Dr. Michael Foley. You know, uh, our topic this morning is virtue and cultivating virtue and good habits, which is really interesting, Dr. Foley, because I just began round two of Exodus 90 a couple days ago, and a lot of that is founded on building good habits so that your life can be changed and transformed as you head into day 91. And so maybe you could just explain for us a little bit about what is our understanding of virtue and building good habits and how that's important to us as Catholics? Sure. Well, the easiest way to understand a virtue is that it is an excellence of the soul. It is you perfecting your soul. uh, when When your soul is filled with virtue, your soul is at its very best. Uh, The the Greek word virtue actually is the same as the Greek word for excellence. So we often think of virtue, like today the way virtue is used in contemporary culture, it almost sounds like um, a kind of prudery. Like when when you describe a woman as very virtuous, usually all you mean by that is that she's chaste and and nothing more. Um, But originally, uh, virtue meant to be the very height of manly excellence. So what are some of the well-known virtues that listeners might know about? If you could explain those and, and maybe a little bit about each of those. Well, there historically are the four cardinal virtues, They're called cardinal because they're the four principal virtues. Within each of the four cardinal virtues, you have literally dozens of smaller virtues that fit into that category. And the four cardinal virtues are uh, moderation, uh, courage, uh, prudence, and justice. And those those are things that human beings can naturally strive for. And then Christianity adds three other important virtues. They're called the theological virtues. Mm-hmm. Unlike the cardinal virtues, these are God these are virtues which only God can give us entirely without our cooperation. God works them in us without us. And those are the theological virtues of faith, hope and charity. So those are the seven biggies, and you can pretty much fit all the others into those seven categories. What are some of those smaller ones, then? Um, Maybe we have or haven't heard of those as we look at, you know, within those cardinal virtues. What's some of those other ones that help explore those, those wider virtues a little more? Well, I mean, this is not necessarily a lesser known virtue, but one that's very important in Christianity is humility. Hmm. St. Hildegard of Bingen actually calls it the queen 
of all the virtues, which is ironic because humility is lowliness. And yet, when you think about it, without humility, uh, you can't have any other virtue. Because if you're proud about a virtue, then you spoil the virtue. Mm. Um, so humility is kind of the, the precondition for all the other virtues. What's interesting about humility is that when you think about it, it's so obvious that it's so important to leading a virtuous life. And yet the great philosophers of old, like Plato and Aristotle, who taught us so much about virtue, never talk about humility. It's not even on the list of their virtues. It is Christianity that understood the importance of humility to the virtuous life. So, if if we take a look at the seven the seven virtues, of course, and we want to just, we want to strive, of course, to um, to be virtuous in each one of these areas. Humility, as you noted, seems to be probably the first step. Is that correct? And then, and then, do we from there do, do us as Catholics do we strive to target in on some things uh, in individual where we believe we need to become more virtuous? Or is this something through a humble um, being having the habit or having the characteristic of humility um, allows us to recognize uh, the virtues that that uh, need to be addressed? That's a great way to put it. That's right. So let's just recognize that we're nothing and that we're nothing without God. I mean, that's humility, is understanding that that we are nothing, but not in a way that is filled with, how do I put it? I mean, we we have to do this in a healthy way. Um, Aquinas has a wonderful definition of humility. He calls it the well-ordered movement towards excellence. Mm -hmm. Pride is the disordered movement towards excellence. But So we're still striving towards excellence. But we just have to do it in a well-ordered way by acknowledging our limitations. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by John Clark. And we are visiting with Dr. Michael Foley about cultivating the virtues and what the virtues are in the first place. And we're going to continue this discussion as Real Presence Live continues. So stay with us. You don't want to go anywhere. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. 
Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Uh, We are visiting with Dr. Michael Foley about virtues and forming good habits. And before the break, we were talking about these seven cardinal virtues. And um, Brandon asked a question about what are the lesser virtues that are probably within those seven that we need to discuss. Humility was one of the things uh, that uh, Dr. Foley brought up. But are there any other lesser um, virtues that are significant or are worth noting? Actually, uh, now that you mention it, St. Hildegard of Bingen, who's a marvelous saint and a doctor of the Church, wrote a play called The Play of the Virtues. And it's this sort of parade of virtues personified as characters on the stage. And it's filled with all kinds of surprises. And one of the virtues that she lists is contempt of the world, contemptus mundi. And this virtue, contemptus mundi, comes out onto the stage, and she says, I am the radiance of life. So Hildegard defines contempt of the world as the radiance of life, and I I thought a long time about that, and and I realized she's absolutely right. What she means by the world is not, of course, nature or creation. She means that whole artificial world of false priorities and false allurements that we human beings have created. And when you see through that, when you see it for what it is, that's when you can truly begin living your life. That's when your life becomes radiant. When you're beholden to the world, when you're deceived by the world, that's when you're not living. So, believe it or not, a certain kind of contempt for the world is a secret to happiness. That's very intriguing, uh, and one that we don't normally always think about, I think. You know, and, and I think I liken this to almost fear of the Lord, Right and the misunderstanding yeah. of fear of the Lord, and uh, as I was reflecting on that this morning in prayer, I, it just dawned on me of you know fear of the Lord is a good thing. <laughs> we yeah. we should have that fear of the Lord, not in the sense that I mean there there's partially part of that with with the judgment and, and the punishment aspect, right? But that that would be imperfect. But then just this idea of grieving when we offend the Lord, and and how our love for the Lord should be such that we. We don't want to offend him, just as a father never wants to, you know, be be a son never wants his father to be disappointed in him. So I, I think that's yeah. that that's really great. 
when when talking about that and something that we we don't often think about and, and you could probably speak to this there's a lot of false priorities and false allurements in the world around us today and that's absolutely right and the world has always been that way but gosh it seems like it's more like that than ever before it seems that we, we live in such a world of uh, false priorities and falsehoods. So, and I also like the phrase contempt. It doesn't mean hatred, and it doesn't mean disengagement. It's not rejection of the world. It's not flight from the world. It's just that you see the world for as it truly is. Mm. And therefore, you have a more accurate way of engaging it. So it, it's not flight. It's just clarity of perception yeah recognizing the materialism or greed and and you know thwarting that from becoming controlling that's exactly right so you recognize that materialism is false that doesn't mean you quit your day job (laughs) darn i thought i had an (laughs) an out right there (laughs) no this is that's that's uh Man, that's something to ponder. I'm definitely going to ponder that throughout the rest of the day because I, th- I think it's a really interesting point you bring up. You know, and as we talk about the virtues, right, it may seem like, okay, we've got four cardinal virtues, we've got three theological virtues, and there's dozens in between, you know. Where, where does one begin with that? You know, do you, do you say, okay, I'm going to work on moderation, courage, prudence, justice, faith, hope, and charity all at once? Or do you start with one? And then as you're working on one, the others start to fall in place. Do you have any insight into that, Dr. Foley? I think um, to figure out what virtues you need to work on, you need to figure out what are your worst vices. Hmm. Um, So you need to drive out the bad with the good. So try to figure out, through the virtue of humility um, and discernment and maybe even spiritual direction, what are the chief vices in my life? And pick one that's maybe particularly destructive, and then slowly work on cultivating the the opposite virtue. You can combine some of the virtues. For example, let's just say uh, let's just say it's it's drinking to excess. You know, you practice moderation. First of all, uh, practice the courage to uh, to admit to that, and then through moderation mm. and prudence, you can address and develop those virtues all by addressing that one vice. That is really well said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing about the virtues is that they, they are a barrel of monkeys. You know, you, you pull one out, and they're all connected to each other. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but I guess it's, it's a question goodness. of which monkey are you pulling out first. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, John brought up drinking, and at least in the upper Midwest, because it gets so cold, it seems like uh, there's nothing else to do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... You know, drinking is a thing that we see uh, that is that is uh, present in in many different areas, right? It's it's present in celebrations. It's present in you know going out with the guys. It's present in in different things that we experience. And so, I wonder if that is something that we could talk a little more about. Just because you also wrote the book "Drinking with the Saints: The Sinner's Guide to a Holy Happy Hour," which you know, I, I would say that subtitle is intriguing in itself: "The Sinner's Guide to a, a Holy Happy Hour." Recognize that we're fallen, but we can achieve excellence even in this area. That's absolutely right. And when I say how to drink like a saint, I'm only saying how do we use alcohol the way that God meant us to use it. And you've already put your finger on the the key one drink with moderation, but um, I don't know how much time we have left, but... Uh, we have about five minutes. Okay, good. So I'll, I'll 
I'll give you the uh, the elevator speech. There, there actually are, in my opinion, five key ways to drink like a saint. The first is to drink with moderation. The second is to drink with gratitude. Um, <clears throat> gratitude moderation actually becomes a form of gratitude. Chesterton has a great line, we should thank God for beer and burgundy by not drinking too much of them. Mm. Um, so we're moderate, we're grateful, and uh, the third lesson is for drinking like a saint is to drink with uh, memory. And notice how memory and gratitude are connected. You can't be grateful until you remember all the goods that have been given to you undeservedly. And um, I dare say that one of the key litmus tests for healthy drinking versus unhealthy drinking is healthy drinking is you drink to remember. Unhealthy drinking is that you drink to forget. And then fourth, drink with merriment. I make a distinction between merriment and fun. Mm. Fun is fun. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's something you could conceivably do alone. Merriment, on the other hand, presupposes fellowship or community. That's why we have that phrase, the more the merrier. Mm. And to my mind, there's something almost sacred about merriment. It's not just a, a, a group of people getting together and having fun. There's something... Uh, there's something almost holy about it. That's why we say Merry Christmas. Mm. We're not just saying have a fun Christmas. We're almost invoking a blessing. So good drinking is merry drinking. It's, it's tied into a, a certain sense of the sacred. Mm. And then finally, to drink like a saint, I recommend drinking with ritual. We Catholics know that ritual and joy are not mutually exclusive categories. Ritual channels uh, our joy. It focuses it. It turns an amorphous event into a, a specific get-together. So uh, with drinking, I think certain rituals actually help enrich the, uh, the celebration. And I'm not saying you need to have a grand, solemn liturgy every time you want a beer. But there is one simple ritual that I think we should all observe, and that, of course, is the ritual of the toast. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually very impressed with the, the younger generation, the millennials and Gen Z. They're far more discerning about their food and drink than I was in college. Um, but the one thing I worry about is the loss of the, the ritual of toasting. Mm. Um, toasting used to be a much bigger deal than it is today. But uh, toasting is a way of um, almost consecrating an event to a particular theme. And uh, I also find that conducive to all the other four things that I just mentioned. So those are my five bullet points on how to drink like a saint. It reminds me, um, in, in my personal life, Dr. Foley, is, that's, that's my Thanksgiving you know, yeah. we, we all five of those are some part of our Thanksgiving feast and our Christmas or a wedding. Um, but what you're saying is, you know, this is something to maybe to a lesser degree or not so pronounced that, that we should be doing that when we gather together, uh, you know, to imbibe. That that's just some of the things we should keep in mind. 
That's absolutely right. Yeah. You know, and as we come to the end here in, in the last couple of minutes, um, and we talk about all of these different things, it's really about forming good habits, right? If we if we've developed bad habits, uh, we've we've become less virtuous in in certain areas. So, w- where do we begin with with forming a, a good habit so that we can grow in the particular virtues to combat those vices that we struggle with? Um, you know, uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola recommends focusing on one vice or one virtue, and keeping tabs on it, like literally marking the number of times a day that you fall into this vice, um, and, and doing an examination of conscience twice a day, once midday, one at the end of the night, and just sort of track how often you slip. Um, and then over time, you will probably notice that the number of times diminishes, and this will give you some confidence. Um, on the other hand, and this is absolutely crucial when you slip, when you backslide, do not get discouraged. Mm. One of the chief obstacles to improving in the virtuous life is despair. We get excited about being virtuous, and then we think, all right, I'll, be, I'll gain a virtue in three days. But it doesn't <laughs> work that way, right? It could take, it could take years. Right. But the key thing is not to get discouraged. Just keep focusing, focusing, trust in God. When you fall, dust yourself off, know that God forgives you, and just keep trying. Dr. Michael Foley, thanks so much for being on the air with us this morning. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, well, if you want to check out his books, again, Drinking with the Saints, The Sinner's Guide to a Holy Happy Hour is one of them. There's also The Politically Incorrect Guide to Christianity and many more. Again, his name is Dr. Michael Foley, and you can find his books online. And also, I I encourage you to visit thecatholicgentleman.com and read this article that he wrote, How to Drink Like a Saint. It's it's quite phenomenal, and it'll give you some things to reflect on, especially if you yourself have struggled in the past with drinking. So uh, thank you again, Dr. Foley, and uh, we look forward to visiting with you again. Oh, same here. Take care. Alrighty, God bless you. All right, well, we got to head to a quick break, and we are going to visit with a wonderful guy who uh, recently took a position at the Diocese of Fargo, and we're going to talk about this analogy of before you climb a mountain, you need to prepare and train for this arduous journey, and the same could be true if we're trying to achieve sainthood. You know, there has to be a preparation doing things like you know, we talked about with Dr. Foley growing in virtue, but then there's also other great opportunities as well, especially in the Diocese of Fargo. We'll talk about all of that when Real Presence Live continues right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 